0: Welcome to episode 90 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I am your host, Evan Riggs, joined by my producer and today co-host, Johnny Pham. Dalton is not able to be with us today. Just the two of us, Johnny. You know, it's been a week. It's been a week trying to get this podcast scheduled and out there. Dalton's got some stuff going on. Uh, I am doing this from my MacBook as opposed to my PC. So for those of you who hear a very faint fan in the background, you are not crazy. MacBooks just have very loud fans johnny how, how are you doing on on this fine thursday night
1: oh man doing great you know that's life as an adult just comes at you really fast where <laughs> i'm sure years ago we we're like yeah we can do any time from like mm-hmm. now we're like ah that day doesn't work look, look. i'm free two weeks from now and that's just mm-hmm. being an adult in a, in a nutshell but glad we're here show will be a, a pretty short pod not as long as our uh, U- usual ones but uh happy to be here i'm like some people Dalton. Be-,
0: be being an adult is waking up at 7 a.m noticing it is 70 degrees and being miffed when at five o'clock when you leave work it is 48 <laughs> degrees it has gotten 22 <laughs> degrees colder as the day has gone on it is supposed to be the opposite just been a an upside down week altogether but with the changing weather one thing that does make me realize is we are getting closer and closer to trade deadlines to the fantasy football playoffs and that's what we've got today johnny we're we're going to be talking some trades that can hopefully help uh some people go win their leagues but first we do have uh a couple of things i wanted to touch on before we get into that number one Well, 1A, 1B. We have uh, Darren Waller and Heather Renfro, who have been topics of, uh, we'll we'll say, consternation uh, on this show (laughs) the the last couple of weeks. Uh, Both those guys headed to the IR. I think Renfro is uh, some kind of oblique injury. And then Waller, he's been dealing with the hamstring for weeks. Uh, I really want to talk a little bit more about the Waller fallout, but not too much about really... Any of this, all of this to say that at this point, you think about Waller is going to be on the IR for at least four weeks. We, and it seems like the Raiders, it seemed like he was day to day until he wasn't, basically. Yeah. So truly, in four weeks, we have no idea if he's going to be back or not, or if it'll be longer. But let's just say best case scenario, he's back in four weeks what can you really expect from Darren Waller in four weeks, which if it's not the first round of your fantasy playoffs, it is the game to get a lot of people into their fantasy playoffs. Most likely I say all of that to say, I think Darren Waller is droppable. I think you can drop Darren Waller in a redraft league, obviously at this point. In fact, if he are on my roster, I would, because you, you probably have to go find another solution And you probably, it's just a really tough roster clog and one that most people who have Waller are probably happy to get off of after how this whole season has gone, even when he has played. It has not been great. Yeah,
1: it hasn't been great. And I think it was that report that after their bye week, he didn't, he felt worse after Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. Not a good look. You, everyone always thinks a bye week is an extra week to help him recover. And he didn't recover to... He actually like regressed technically with his injury, and then now mm-hmm. I agree with you. I, I think he's droppable. I, like, I don't know what other alternative you're supposed to find for the next four weeks that you haven't well, been using for the last three weeks.
0: Um, if you are the Darren Waller owner <laughs> and you've been struggling at tight end for the whole season, but especially the last couple of weeks, and you didn't already have Foster Moreau, and if he's not already picked up in your league, You're probably going and picking up Foster Moreau. I mean, this is a guy that I sent this tweet in our group today just to have it top of mind. I went hunting for it. There's a tweet from Matt Wallman back in August where he pretty much – he says that Moreau is the best backup tight end in the NFL, and if he were given a full starter workload, he could be a top five to seven tight end. Now, it has not been that the last couple of weeks – Without Waller, one of those games, ironically, his best game—a uh, six-point game against the Saints. His team literally didn't get the ball past half field until past midfield until late in the game, and, and then the Raiders just have kind of been the Raiders in, in other games ever since then. But he is at least interesting. You're not benching an established guy to, to give my own team as an example in our dynasty league. I'm not benching uh, Pat Fryermuth for him, but. If you have a Robert Tunyon, a, you know, somebody of that ilk, a guy who's a streamer, I think Moreau is interesting. And if you're searching, if you're the Waller owner, I I think Moreau is definitely interesting. And we'll see if he can live up to, if he can live up to even top 12, top 14 instead of top five to seven, like Waldman says he has the potential to do. I mean, without Rimfro now, it is. Basically, Devonte Adams and Foster Moreau and a running game—that that is the offense right now. And I do think we would probably feel differently about Moreau. I don't know how much of that Raiders game you saw the other day. His one long game uh, – or no, it was his sec I think it was actually the short gain. He ba- he caught a bubble screen and it went for like five yards, but the Raiders had three linemen out in front of them. And one defender to block, and they did not block that defender. And if they did, there's probably a long touchdown being scored by Moreau. And and people are feeling differently about a guy who he's had five or more targets the, the last three weeks. So while he's not a top eight option, he is a startable option. Because anybody who's getting volume at tight end like that, you can plug and play and just pray to the gods that he finds the end zone. That's pretty much what we're doing here, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, to be honest, I had no idea who Foss Moreau was until today. <laughs> like, I feel like that is not a common name that fantasy football owners should know, but they mm-hmm. might do now if they are a Waller owner or proactive. One of their starters is out. They're like, huh, oh, who's the Raiders backup? Ty Since yep. Wall Waller's out for the foreseeable future set. Yep. I think that's a good name to kind of drop in there.
0: And, and he's had some moments in the past when Waller's been banged up too, so – Hopefully Moreau can fill that void for fantasy teams and probably more so for the Raiders who are really, really searching right now. And before we get into the trade deadline special, so I had this name when we were planning on recording this yesterday and we were planning on doing the drop meter I had Drake London on the drop meter He plays Thursday night, which if you're listening to this live or shortly after, we're recording this less than two hours before that game. So if I tell you to go trade for Drake London and you're listening Friday morning, I'm sorry, you can't you can't go trade for Drake London. But I did want to at least bring him up. Number one, if he is on your waivers right now, um, go grab him. If you're listening to this before Thursday night game. And if not, he's hopefully a guy that's on the radars on, on Monday. Obviously, you'll have more data and you'll be able to see how he did. And you can kind of go from there. But this is a guy that has not reached six points in a game for about a month now. He has not finished higher than wide receiver for 49 since week three. It's been rough. As you know, Johnny, as a Kyle Pitts owner, it is not Drake London's fault that it's been this rough. He himself, uh, for anybody who is not a reception perception uh, subscriber, Matt Harmon put out his his top 12 rookies, or just 12 rookies that played a lot and sharded and them. And Olave was unreal. And in that same tier was Drake, London and Garrett Wilson. Like this guy is awesome. He has basically a a third, uh, close to a 30% target share on this team. And if he has another bad week this week, just look to buy like at dirt cheap next week and redraft if you can, because usually I know it's a low volume offense. I know it's not going to be a top 20 receiver. The rest of the way but usually with volume and a good player eventually production is going to follow and it hasn't yet and and i just think it will so he's a guy i'm keeping an eye on tonight as we record this on thursday and then the early next week uh depending on what happens
1: yeah it's funny you mentioned kyle pitts because every week it just is like <laughs> a never-ending battle of, like do i sit kyle pitts like if if i don't if I start him, he's gonna go for two for nineteen. But if uh, I bench him, he's gonna have the explosion game that we've all been clamoring for. And yeah. it's it's just I don't know what Arthur Smith is doing. It's just it's tough being a Pitts owner right now.
0: Yep, and uh, same for London. He had one point eight fantasy points last week. Uh, if you have somebody who is reactionary, he literally got the ball ripped from his soul by Khalil Mack uh, <laughs> inside the ten yard line for everybody to see. So not great right now. I just think it could get better. Hopefully for people looking to trade, it doesn't happen tonight. So you can get them even cheaper next week. But with that said, Johnny, let's jump into my four trade targets. These are not necessarily buy lows. These are just guys that I'm looking to go buy. Um, And some of them I'm looking to buy low. But at the end of the day, I'm looking to make trades either to find a guy who is valued as a bench guy that could be a starter or just straight-up trade for a star that I think is a star and I'm I'm paying up for. And the first guy that fits that first descriptor is Rashad White. And I wish Dalton were here to, to have this conversation as a Leonard Fournette owner in our dynasty league. I think the gap every week is getting narrower and narrower between Fournette and Rashad White in that backfield. I know the snaps don't tell that story. It was 62% to 35% in favor of Fournette last week, but it was still, I believe, either 12 to 11 or 11 to 10 touches, and one, plus one for Fournette. That's as close as it's been all season. He had the benefit of you know more targets, seven to three, and more routes, 35 to 17. I just think we're seeing that part too, even slowly tilt more towards White. We are still seeing this offense really struggling right now. And Fournette, can be the beneficiary of an offense that is rolling. I don't think he's going to be one of the guys that helps lift this offense out of its struggles. They have their receivers that can do that. And I think Rashad White is a guy that they should look to get on the field and and get the ball more. And I think you can still buy him relatively low at like that bench player type of price. And maybe he turns into a running back two on a receiver-heavy team for a playoff team down the stretch, like a low-end RB2, high-end RB3, that you can plug and play in the playoffs. I mean, he hasn't played more than 43% of the team snaps yet. He's yet the top 10 rushes, only topped 50 yards one time. He's the RB54, and what makes him easier to trade for, especially if you're plucking him off of a team that needs help now, his bye week is coming up. So you can look at the, the teams that need wins in your league and find guys like this where their bye week is coming up and you can basically just buy a better player in exchange partially for a guy that can, you know, quote unquote, help that person um, win the matchup if they need the win to, to stay in contention because we're getting down. Uh, to that time where every game is really magnified as you're chasing the playoffs. And just to give you an idea, like looking at rest of season ranks, Michael Gallup, one spot ahead of him, uh, MVS in that neighborhood. <laughs> I had Darren Waller written down that name. You can you can take off. Uh, Chase Claypool, Devin DuVernay, all guys who are in that neighborhood and all guys that I would trade straight up uh, for Rashad White and take Rashad White on the cheap and hope that the upside can pay off.
1: Yeah, I I like your point of saying like Rashad White could be the guy to kind of help spring this offense forward because mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette is just, he's just not that guy right mm-hmm. now. Like we've seen what we had to see. I think it's kind of crazy to say that it's, what is it, week 10 this Thursday? Yep. Or week 9, yeah. The week fact that it's already week 10 and the Buccaneers are still, have they scored over 20 points in one game yet?
0: That's a great question. I think I, they did against the Chiefs, but that was only because like they got down by so many touchdowns, and the Chiefs were just con- kind of content with letting them score. I think like two touchdowns in the fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, because like I, anytime I, I'll check the scores later, but like anytime I have watched the Buccaneers game, they are a struggle bus on offense, and mm-hmm. they I don't I truthfully don't think they've besides the Chiefs game, they've just scored like seven, ten points slow dink and dunks there but they're well
0: You you had you had tony romo losing his mind the other day and the score was like 13 to 9 with the bucks driving late in the game to take the lead so it's been bad i think rashad white is a guy who can help uh help that offense and the more that the longer they struggle it's like yeah you should probably get this guy who we know that Rashad White was not the favorite prospect by any means. But he's a guy they invested in. He's a guy that is more explosive than Fournette. So just just see what happens. And slowly, I think we are seeing that. We are seeing him get more touches. And I think he is still very gettable for very cheap right now. And a guy that is gettable for a lot cheaper than we would have ever thought a month, six weeks ago, Amon Ra St. Brown. We are a long ways away from Amon Ra Uh, Mr. Sun God himself being the story of the fantasy football season, because he was through the first like two, three weeks of, of the season, but because of the struggles, because of the injuries and he, he just hasn't, you know, he's played the last two weeks. And I think it's been 10 and seven points the last two weeks, that buy window is wide open for Amon Ross Saint Brown. And he is definitely a guy that has not been top 24, since week two and could be top 24 rest of season very easily from this point forward maybe even more like i don't know if i'd say top 12 but he's in that discussion i think like top 12 to 16 receivers would you consider
1: him a trade target to potentially he could be a league winner
0: yeah yeah he he could definitely be a league winner because you know it's very possible that the, the team that has St. Brown is not looking great record wise because he maybe was a huge part of their start and has obviously not been there for that team mm-hmm. since then. So obviously depends on the roster. But but yeah, I mean, he is definitely a guy that you could trade a wide receiver to slash three type of price and find yourself. With a locked and loaded top 15 guy, which is extremely valuable, obviously. I mean, you can you can find top 30 receivers every week off the scrap heap in redraft uh, off waiver wires. They're, they're everywhere. But you can't find guys because like I thought about Devonta Smith, but I just was like, I think I need to go a step further for receivers because I don't like I don't like trading running backs for even though I think Devonta Smith is very good. He's probably like top 24 good the rest of the season. Whereas I'm on Ra, I think he can be better than that. I mean, he has been healthy the last two weeks and they've just been yeah. disappointing from a production standpoint. He's played almost 100% of the snaps. Last week he did actually run a route on 100% of their dropbacks. So he is fully back and running a route every play. He just it, it just doesn't happen every game. For for some guys or for most guys, frankly, and really last week they were surprisingly, I know I shouldn't be surprised, but kind of like the Bucks, I am surprised by the Packers only scoring, you know, what was it? Six points against the Lions and the Lions being able to run the ball and control the clock and win that game scoring whatever it was, 14 points. They will not be able to win a game. I'll, I'll say this. They will not hold a team to single digits the rest of the season. So we're not, we're not going to get that game script. I highly doubt the rest of the season. I mean, he had, this is actually like insane. And I, and I truly, if this stat is wrong, I'm sorry. Don't blame me. Blame the people I got it from, but he had, he was at 84% of their air yards last week is what he accounted for. That is insane. And, And we always say follow the air yards. They will lead the points. And this is another example of, I think we are going, to have an Amon Ra St. Brown explosion sometime in the near future. I mean, Jamison Williams, he is still very much living in the theoretical and not the real right mm-hmm. now. We have no idea when he's going to be back. That alone has boosted Amon Ra's value to me is the Jamison Williams uncertainty that we're still living in. I mean, he has 52 targets in the five full games. He's been healthy. PFF, I don't know how they did this, but they basically – uh had a stat that somehow was able to cut out all of the injury kind of noise wow. that, that, that comes along with, with his stats. Cause he's left multiple games early. He has a 31% target share, which is third behind uh, Tyree and Cooper cup in the NFL. So this is a guy that's getting crazy volume. He's not as good as those guys, but this is still very much a potential top 12. And I think pretty safe top 15 to 18 receiver the rest of the way that, like, you could pay, I don't know, like, you, you'd be surprised what you can go cross position and, and, and trade a running back for, I think, a receiver. Like, Raheem Mostert, he plays tonight, so this is probably not helpful, but Deontay Foreman, if he, if he plays well tonight, looking in the next week, and then even looking at the same position, like, Tyler Lockett, Lockett's been awesome. He's obviously a feaster or famine guy, but... I say those names to say I think St. Brown is a guy you can get on the cheap, and he can really, really come through for your team down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I think just the most promising thing is uh, his target share. Like, last week he had nine targets. The Mm -hmm. week before he had ten. And besides the other two games, he just left early with an injury. So, every Mm – those five games, four games he's played, the least amount of targets he's gotten was nine. So it's just he, – he, I mean, although he hasn't gotten a touchdown since I think week two where that was the big blow-up game, yep. it's just kind of like um, – I think it was like the Joe Mixon scenarios. Like the touchdowns will eventually come one yep. day and that would just propel him up from what whatever wide receiver he is now to like maybe like six, eight spots with just one touchdown.
0: It would be great if Amon Ross St. Brown could <laughs> score five touchdowns. That would be quite wonderful.
1: It's uh, quite the anomaly, but shout out to Joe Mixon. <laughs>
0: Okay, these next two guys, so my first two were kind of some buy lows. Not that you can get St. Brown the cheap, but cheaper than his, vol- than his volume. These two guys, I'm paying up for, and I am basically willing to trade almost anybody on my teams for these next two guys. First guy, Travis Etienne. So guys, he is in the same neighborhood as in uh, fantasy pros rest of season ranks. Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon—the aforementioned Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce, Devontae Adams, Ceedee Lamb, DeAndre Hopkins, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins—I'm taking Travis Etienne over all those guys quite easily. I would even look like I would look above maybe Joe Mixon. And, and the, I mean, Joe Mixon is number ten overall. I think Alvin Kamara is right there too. And I—I I just don't like too many more running backs more than Travis Etienne rest of season. I mean since his snaps went from a very sudden about half of the workload to workhorse at about 80%, which is what he has been the last 3 weeks, he's the RB3 in that stretch. And I still think you can buy him as a low end RB1. So it's not like you're buying him on the cheap, you're you're just I think getting him a little bit less than what his true value has been the last 3 weeks perhaps and what his volume can be. Because like even though he's been the RB3, it's not unreasonable to think I, I I don't think he's going to keep that up. And to me, he's a top five or six running back the rest of the way. For sure. Like I feel very good about saying he's a top eight running back rest of season. I mean, l- let's just think about this. His rushing yardage the last three weeks, 114, 159, and 109. And he has four touchdowns in that stretch, which is obviously awesome. He's been just amazing. But there is still some untapped upside for this guy. He is not catching passes like we know he is able to. Like, he he is truly not, whether it is him dropping passes or just him not, not getting the volume, which is happening. He has six receptions the last three weeks, less than 30 total receiving yards. Just as a reminder, this is a guy that, as a prospect, 48 receptions was was his number as a senior in college. Almost 600 yards. That is not – I mean, that is Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and the list is pretty short, if any, after that, of guys who are putting up that type of receiving statistical line in college from the running back position. If that comes around, like, even a little bit, he'll have the profile, like the workhorse profile, of the overall running back one not saying he's gonna finish there but I just there's untapped upside for a guy who's been the rb3 the last three weeks that that's a scary thought
1: no I I agree like I was shocked to see that he's only had six catches the last three weeks because mm-hmm. you would just kind of expect that six a week isn't out of the norm for him yeah especially with his college stats and
0: and especially with his, his team they're usually behind. Like, they were just behind by 17 points the other day, and he had basically no not, nothing in the passing game.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, ever since James Robinson got traded, his just value has just shot through the roof. Because, like, I was in that camp of potentially training for ETN yep. while they had James Robinson. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. So I went a different route. But looking back, if I would have known that in the future James Robinson was gonna be traded. I definitely would have um taken ETN if it was a, a redraft league.
0: Well anybody who's listened to us throughout the year knows it's been a it's been a roller coaster with mm-hmm. our Travis ETN take. We we started out fairly optimistic and fairly dismissive of James Robinson like actually coming back from Tornet Kelly. It's like, like who's this guy I think he is he's already gonna play week one. Oh he's playing week one. Oh he's getting more work. Uh, then Travis Etienne, he, he's the guy, I guess, that we want because he, he looks like his normal self. And then it was nothing that James Robinson did wrong. It was just a very clear, okay, we are getting this guy the ball now. And it slowly happened, and then all of a sudden, boom, zero carries for J-Rob in his last game as a Jaguar. And Etienne has not looked back since that point. So, like, you we mentioned Joe Mixon multiple times, fresh off the five-touchdown game. He was a buy low a couple weeks ago. He is a sell high right now. If you can sell him off that five-touchdown game for Travis Etienne, I'm doing that seven days of the week, 24 hours every day, 365 days of the year. I, I am I am all in on Travis Etienne for the rest of the season. But the guy who I am all in on and everybody is all in on, so you're going to have a tough time getting him, is Saquon Barkley. Like, I am doing – Everything oh. I can to go pluck Saquon Barkley off of his team. It is obviously like everything, a little team dependent. If Saquon Barkley is on one of the best two or three teams in your league, you're just not going to get it because he, he's not going to be tradable on a team that is set up as one of the best. That's how you but lose your league. Yes, you, you lose your league by, tra- by trading Saquon when you're one of the best two or three teams. But it's not unreasonable to to think, you know, for as good as Saquon has been, he's just been fine. He's been like top 15 good the last couple of weeks. And he just had his bye week. If you've got a Saquon Barkley fantasy manager who's kind of on that fringe of of playoffs, either barely on the inside or barely on the outside, you know, there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of injuries to key guys that people are dealing with. You could, I think... Trade an RB one caliber RB, and then a a startable receiver. Just just pick any wide receiver too, and I think you could maybe get the job done. You know the the phrase trade trade two ponies for a horse is is thrown around a lot in, in fantasy football trades. This is trading two horses for the horse in in Saquon Barkley. Like, this is going out and trading for Secretariat. He has been unbelievable this year 80 percent of the snaps in all but one game double figure scoring in every game this season he has been the most consistent running back in fantasy football this season he's looked every bit the guy that we had hoped for when we ranked him and everybody else had ranked him in previous years as a top two or three overall draft pick he has 18 or more rushing yards in all but two games this season and he is getting not the receiving volume and production of his rookie season, but he is getting very good volume and production enough to where he's on pace for a career high, almost 1700 rushing yards and 400 receiving yards. So basically he is on pace for a 2000 yard season. He has just been unbelievably good this year. Like Alvin Kamara plus somebody Joe Mixon plus somebody. I mean, I love ETN. I want ETN, but you can maybe do ETN plus a slightly downgraded receiver from the previous packages to go get Saquon. And no matter when your trade deadline actually is, if you don't trade for him now, you're you're just not getting him. Even in a league where he might be gettable, you're not getting him. His next two weeks, Johnny, are the Texans and the Lions. (laughs) Me,
1: it is shocked. You have one opportunity right now. Th- th-
0: this is your only chance. If you want Saquon Barkley, go pay and go pay go pay 120 cents on the dollar. Uh, <laughs> you don't usually advise you do that in a trade. And obviously, you don't do that if it's going to make your team worse. But if you're kind of flush with depth, if you've got some guys who are producing that you didn't expect, I mean, this is a league-winning move of all league-winning moves to add the guy who I think is gonna be the RB one.
1: The, the horse.
0: The, the horse. You're trading for the horse. You're trading for secretary. You're you're doing it. And you're doing it to go win your league. I know it's a scary. It's it's scary to trade an RB one plus another player that that you want to start in your lineup. But like I said, receivers grow on trees. You can find other receivers either probably on your team already or guys will emerge in on waivers on a matchup basis that you can plug and play. If you really need to, I'm, I'm going out and doing everything I can to trade for Saquon Barkley right now. He is the offense for the giants. Like he really is.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just good to kind of have him back and just being what we know that what he can do and just seeing him on the field and just dominating. It's just, it's just truly a beautiful thing. And then, same with McCaffrey too. Of mm-hmm. two weeks ago, he just had a touchdown for everything—like passing, rushing, and receiving. It was—it's it, just finally great to see. Cause I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the season. It's like I just wish we have that Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley to yeah. where we want wanted them to be. Because when they came out, we're like, "This is a generational player." Mm-hmm. We've only had like a small glimpse of it, but it's glad that they're uh, kind of going back up to speed and just. Uh, kind of what we expected i kind of see out of those. it's it's just fun to watch truly and if you're an owner of one of those two kudos to you
0: kudos to you and hopefully hopefully if you're an owner of one of those two you are on the side of your team is amazing so you're not looking to trade um and add depth by by trading one of those guys because i saquon is like a guy that a running back that is basically 15 points a week which is I think his average is actually more than that but on his worst weeks he's been 15 points his average probably something like 18 points a week there's just nothing more valuable in fantasy football because you can you can find production at those other positions and you just can't at running back which is why all of the biggest league winning moves whether it's in trades or On waivers when there is that guy when there is the kenneth walker that that you should have spent 100 percent of your fab on when when those guys can be added to your team like that that's just the league winning move in fantasy football johnny anything else to add before we get out of here and you get going to black panther and i give this uh this struggling macbook a well-deserved rest for making it through
1: Yeah, one crazy thing that I just remembered is that I have Saquon and TMC in one league. Last week was rough because both of them were on bye, but now we're upwards trajectory now. So, pray for the rest of the league.
0: The rest of us can only hope to be so lucky. And that's going to do it for episode 90 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Apologies for the shorter episode. We would have loved to give a a more uh, kind of intense trade deadline special. It just wasn't able to happen. A lot of unforeseen things.
1: Life happens. Uh,
0: this week, life definitely does happen, and that was the case this week. But thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, all three of us back. Um, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Half Point Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube. Um, we will usually try and and acknowledge and answer any comments that are in the chat on there. We always appreciate those. The show is available anywhere you listen to your podcast: Spotify, Apple, etc. Hope you all have a successful trade deadline, whether it's this week, next week, whatever. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Good boy.